When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome once again to uh, Cricket South Africa on 99.94 DM. I'm Neil Manthorpe and my co-host is Lungani Zama. Um, and we are going to talk about um, a couple of things uh, in this uh, episode. We're going to talk about the ongoing T20 series between uh, India and South Africa, which uh, is taking place at the moment. South Africa have just lost their first T20 series in India. Um, and uh, there's a third game coming up. Um, and we're also going to talk uh, more about the SA20 and about South Africa's domestic T20 tournament, which kicked off with d- some Division 2 fixtures. Um, that'll be in the second half of the show. Uh, Division 2 fixtures, which included the South African under-19 team, um, which performed well above expectations. Uh, so that that's a really interesting story. Um, stick with us. There's some names to bear in mind. You may well see them in the SA20, maybe even in the IPL in some years to come. Uh, but, um, Sams, let's start with the T20i series in India. Um, the first game, I don't know what you've made of it, South Africa reduced to nine for five. Um, you know, who'd have thought they'd have made 100? Um, and then and then the, the second game uh, in which uh, the one thing which has held the South African team together is the bowling and the wheels fell off. Um, completely, but but start start with the first game. I mean, do we do we just write that off as brilliant swing bowling from uh, from from the two Indian openers? I mean, nine for five. <laughs> I mean, is that is that a technical deficiency? Yeah. Hi, Minutes. Um, it was crazy. I mean, you flick over and the top order is gone, and you look again, and David Miller has gone as well, and Riley Rousseau. Um, Good swing bowling. You know, it wasn't as if it was express pace. It just shows that you still have to play with a bit of, you know, respect at the, at the top of the order. Um, a lot of them just were playing down the wrong line to decent swing bowling, which is, I suppose, a concern. And the, the domino effect is that it looks terrible when four or five of your top order goes in a similar fashion that quickly. Um, and T20 is one of those unforgiving things where you kind of have to try and keep your foot on the pedal, even though you know that all four tires are bursting one by one, which is kind of what happened. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, you do, you do, you do worry um, when you see it happen just that quickly. I mean, there was such heated debate about the SA20 and, and, and some of the names that popped up there. Um, and then you see, as you build up to the World Cup, you see your, your chosen top order perform the way that it did. I'm sure Mark Boucher would have you know, squirming in his seat um, at, at at where they were. Um, but then, like you say, yesterday's game, remarkable performance. It shows, you know, the flip side of it, which David Miller comes in and makes 100 or 40-odd balls and makes it look as if anything's possible. They could chase 250 maybe with the right start. You know, this Jekyll and Hyde... We've seen it in Test cricket, and now it seems to be coming into T Twenty cricket, which which makes South Africa a dangerous side. I'm sure teams would have looked at both those performances and say, "Well, we hope we catch them 
doing what they did in the first game. But goodness gracious, if we catch them doing what they did in the second game and Miller and Quinton de Kock and a couple of others catch fire, they can be pretty hard to beat. It's, it, you know, Miller on form is... It's, 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 it's a bit impossible to bowl to. And we've seen him do that a few times. Even in the last T20 World Cup, there's certain performances where when he gets it right and he gets in the mood, you know, no ground is big enough. And the bowling? I mean, it's it, obviously, though, it was extremely humid in, in Guwahati and it was quite clear that the bowlers um, were struggling to grip the ball. Um, but the four frontline seamers all went for, for 12 and over, over 12 and over. Um, and, you know, that's, it, it's sort of, I don't know, one step forward, two steps back. I mean, uh, you know, the bowling has been, has been really good. Um, do you, do, again, do you, do you just say bad day, bad day at the office when you know, it's not going to be so sweaty in, uh, in Australia? Well, that's the first thing, isn't it, man? It's, it's going to be completely different conditions for the bowlers. Um, that four-man four, four pace quartet is going to have a lot more encouragement in Australia. They're going to be able to run in and hit the deck and the ball is going to be flying, you know, at, at sort of chest height and ear height at some of the grounds. Um, and you'd think it's a day off. The way they've performed over the last 18 months suggests that maybe they were due an off day with the ball and, and it came and it just... In the first game, it kind of came with uh, another off day with a bat, so it looked really bad. Um, and then it was just a high scoring. It was a, it was a much better pitch in the second game, and I don't think you can look too much with that attack. Um, you just have to trust the fact that they've they've had the balance right for the majority of of um, this this build up to the World Cup. Um, I don't think there'd be too many drastic changes. I think the big question marks are definitely revolving around the makeup of that. Top six, batting-wise, not just the personnel, but the order in which they come in, uh, in terms of what they can do to to either set up a total or definitely when you're chasing, because you need to start, you know, like a freight train. Um, there's there's yeah, there's definitely a lot more headaches around the batting than the bowling. Um, you know, we we can't seem to stop talking about Temba Bavuma at the moment, and on the back of what happened in the SA Twenty. Unfortunately, he's then gone and got two ducks, which heaps on the pressure on him. Um, not not maybe for this third game, but going into the World Cup, um, you do you do feel you know there's going to be some tough conversations and tough decisions made around you know that team. Uh, Rusty van der Dusen was injured for this, um, but he's you know racing desperately to to make Australia. He comes back. He's you know he's been one of your better performers and one of those guys who can click through the gears and consolidate when he needs to, but charge like a Miller when when it gets to the back end as well. So there are some interesting conversations for Mark Boucher to have in his final assignment as Proteus coach. Okay, I'm going to speak more about Temba in part two, um, but just to finish um, part one, uh, Rusty van der Dusen's a really interesting case for me. Um, I'm a massive fan of of. Rusty, the cricketer, and and the person, and and the personality, and he's extremely mature, and um, I just I like so much about him. But do you think he falls into that category of a player who's just as likely to play in match losing innings as a match winning one? I mean, I'm thinking of the you know the number of times he's made four of fifteen, um, and uh, you know, and it's sort of ten or eleven balls gone. 
which you never get back. You know, with all the talk about catching up later in the innings is a misnomer to my mind in the modern T20 game. Um, so I, I still don't know where I where I sit with uh, with Rassi van der Dusten. I mean, he 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 just seems um, he's obviously thought it through because, as I said, he's a very intelligent and articulate man, and he's decided that that's the way he plays, and he says that he he'll catch up. But it just you know it just looks so horrible when he makes four off fourteen, or or you know ten off twenty three. Um, but you reckon he's still the man to to add that little bit of stability? I mean, he's also capable of scoring um, 40 off 15 at the back end, and he's done that as well. But but would you rather have somebody who, who was able to make a little bit more of a progressive start than he does sometimes? Well, I mean, I think more often than not, he's sort of gone through the gears quickly and it seems as if he's been given a lot more license to don't try and block your way out and nerdle your way out, rather hit out. And if you get out in the process of hitting out, rather you know give someone else a chance to do it. Don't waste a dozen balls because uh, it definitely sets the team even further back. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm like yourself. I, I, I really enjoy Rassi the person. I, I think his energy is good for the team, his, his demeanor – under pressure is, you know, he's, he's, he's unflappable. He's gone through the system and he's, 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 he's played cricket that matters to a man and his dog. And he's, you know, played stuff that matters to millions and kept, you know, pretty much the same state of mind. It's, you know, play ball, see ball, play ball. And that's important. Um, and, and I think he's, he, he would say that he's probably playing the best cricket of his life at this point. He knows his game better than he's, you know, ever known it, and 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 he's able to 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 shift between formats. Um, and I think this this whole team, you know, there's there's quite a few people on the on the other side of thirty who know that the the clock is ticking to try and win something for South Africa. Never mind Mark Boucher's his last assignment. Um, there's there's a rash of youngsters coming through, and I think we'll see them flooding in as the SA twenty takes you know a footing, a firm footing in the South African landscape. So there will be other options. And I think if you look at those guys like Rossi, Temba, they're at a certain age, even David Miller's 33. Um, so this is the time, you know, this is the time to use all that experience. And they got close at the last T20 World Cup, you know, net run rate. But now is the time to really utilize the experience and 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 and, 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 and use it on the biggest stage and take South Africa to places that they've been dreaming of and they just haven't been in major tournaments. And why did they go out on net run rate in the last T20 World Cup? Man, it was, you know... It come was on, a- come on. They bowled Bangladesh out for 86 and and Rassi van der Dusen, you know, thought that, that they could get there in leg buys. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, if we're honest, that, that pitch against um, Bangladesh was trickier than it looked and and, and a few guys went trying to press the pedal too quickly and there had to be a bit of a sensible innings by Temba Bavuma to to get them over the line anyway. Um, there was a bit of, of, of bad luck in terms of when you go out on net run rate. It's just one of those things that you can control, but you can't really. And I mean, the way they played against England, trying desperately to, to, to win by enough to sneak in shows you what could be done. But obviously it was just too late and 
you know, other results had to go their way. So it was unfortunate. Um, but the margins are that small, you know, when you go into two groups and you're playing against good teams. One really big performance can come back and help you dramatically. Okay, we'll take a short break and uh, when you come back, we'll talk more about Temba. You're listening to Cricket's Conversation on 99.94. Whatever your team, we have the show for you on podcast, YouTube or on the 99.94 app. We have India, England, South Africa, West Indies and now Sri Lanka covered. If you want to find us, the best way is to follow us on social media at 9994DM by downloading the 9994 app or Google 99.94 on podcast. We speak cricket. Okay, Zavon, so let's talk about Temba Bavuma. Um, You mentioned in the first half that uh, he'd made two noughts in the first two games in India. Um, if he'd made two first ballers, um, you know, a, a lot of people would, would have been saying, well, you know, that happens in cricket. Um, but it, but those two noughts spanned 11 balls. Um, and my goodness me, I look, if anybody doubts, they can go back and look at previous episodes, episodes to know where I stand on, on Temba and his importance to South African cricket. But I can't help feeling, and he's also one of the strongest um, mentally uh, cricketers that, I, that I've, I've met um, in any context, in any country. But I just can't help imagining that the pressure he must be feeling might be getting close to untenable. Yeah, look, you feel, you feel for any cricketer because it's, it, as much as it's a team game, it's one of the loneliest sports out there. And no one knows that better than an opening batsman who goes out for nothing. Um, but when you're captain and there's been all this noise around you, even before this series has started and you've been injured for most of the last few months and you've watched other guys put up numbers to actually add the pressure that's already on you. Um, like you say, it becomes untenable. So I'm sure he's, he's in a terrible place, you know, um, and the only way that you, you stop that noise is runs and you can see um, there's a desperation to get bat on ball and get going because you know that the one thing you've been criticized about is your strike rate and your ability to start the innings on the right note. So you're trying desperately. Um, and now you've got a ball that's jagging around at 140 clicks and you've got this cloud over you and you, you're trying to show that the team can work with you. Cricket works that way where it's just a domino effect and the good one has your name on it right up front. So it looks even more glaring. Um, so it does need a strong mind. And you know, obviously for his sake and for South Africa's sake, you hope he makes a, a fluent 30, 40, 50, 60 in the next game. Because if he doesn't, the questions are only going to be louder. And you now go to a World Cup where, you know, it's how on earth can you, can you, can you justify playing him, captain or not? Especially when he said at the previous World Cup that if I don't look like the right fit, I'm happy to step down and let others who can win the game for South Africa play. You know, that, those words come back and they come starkly into the light when people are now asking that if you've said that before and you're the leader of this team and you think you can lead whether you're playing or not, is it not in the best interest? And that's a very tough conversation to have with someone um, with all the noise that's already been made about him. So fascinating moment in the first over in Guwahati. I mean, he's made naught or four balls in the first game and then, um, and the ball was swinging around all over the place. And, you know, I, I just remember one, one, 
side of my brain. I don't know whether it's the left side or the right side. You know, in that first, he's left a ball. He might even have left two. Left them through to the keeper. They need 12 and over from the off, from the outset. And one side of my brain was going, what are you doing? What are you doing? And the other side of my brain said, that just shows the strength of the character and the and the belief and the confidence. He backing himself so much to to you know to say, no, actually, we didn't have a look. Um, you know, we were nine for five after two and a half overs in the first game. Um anyway, I I, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, there is precedent in, in T20 cricket. Do you remember in 2014, T20 World Cup 2014, Dinesh Chandimal? Now, depending how you spun it at the time, but for Sri Lanka. Um, there, there was a, a theory that um, <clears throat> he'd been left out in order for him not to be banned because he, you know, if a if a team went over by uh, their their over rate um, t- two games in a row, they would receive a suspension. And so there was some sort of concocted story about Lasit Malinga taking over the captaincy at the time um, in order to prevent Chandimal from from having to serve out a one match ban. But I've subsequently heard. Um, that actually um, Chandimal realised that that he was um, a round peg in a square hole in that team um, and there was a semi-final coming up and he actually stepped back and said, no, um, you know, if we're going to win this thing, which they did, then um, I'm not the right man for the job at the moment. Um, I'm not suggesting that Bavuma does that now. Um, and I still maybe naively think that he, you know, he, he should still go to, to Australia and, and he should still be the captain because I have heard from many members of the squad and the extended squad, the management as well, how important he is to the team. And, and Boucher, Mark Boucher made an impassioned defense of him, didn't he? Um, on arrival in India. Um, but I, I I don't know. I mean, um, would that? How do you think Pavuma would be seen if he well, if he stepped back? Reza Hendricks played. Yeah, uh, the the Chandimal story that I heard was that he stepped down because he realised that there were more fluent people around him who would give Sri Lanka far better chance. And I mean, that's it's a hell of a thing to be able to do that. Uh, you know, I think of Darren Sammy, who played, you know, when when the West Indies won the T20 World Cup, for majority of it, he almost played as as a cheerleader, you know, like a, a captain of spirit. <laughs> and But he was comfortable in the role, you know. And the, and the difference between those two nations in South Africa is that you can almost play Darren Sammy as a polyfiller and there's no headlines because that entire West Indies, as much as they divided as islands, they're united in understanding that some people bring more to the game than bat and ball. And Darren Sammy was almost a politician in that team in terms of galvanizing the top order to do what they need to, but getting the most out of the attack. You know, he 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 was the glue. And he didn't have to do too much with ball. He didn't really do much with bat. But on the field, you could see he was the captain. It's It's a rare, rare thing especially in the shortest format when everyone is supposed to have an impact, but he did somehow. And it, it speaks to his, how remarkable he's a captain. But the difference even with the West Indies is it's not nearly as political um, and not really as fraught 
as South Africa is at the moment, especially around Temba Bavuma. So if he played and they suddenly dropped him down the order to six or seven and he was cajoling everyone on the field, obviously he's not going to bowl. That's going to start another heap of debate of why on earth is he playing then? If he's just, you know, for all intents and purposes, you could say Darren, Darren Sammy was playing. There could have been others. There could have been others who, an extra batsman, an extra bowler, but he played as a captain. Uh, I don't think Timber can play as a captain. He can only play as a top order batsman. So you kind of either have to drop him or he has to step down himself. And that's a hell of a thing to do in this current climate. Um, the best defense, I know Mark Barcher stood up for him and I know a lot of players have batted for him in every press conference. And, you know, he's he's got a lot of, of backers because they know what the game means to him and what he's done to get to this point. But the best defense you can put up in, especially in T20 cricket, is the one that you put up with your own bat, with your own strike rate, with your own runs. Um, and until you start doing that, you know, and, and the longer it takes to start doing that, again, the more the noise will rise. And and I'm sure it's it's probably even worse out in the middle where teams have picked up on, you know, the energy that's out there and the questions that are circling in the media. Uh, you can imagine if he comes up against an Australia or an England who who know good and well what the situation is, that, you know, there'll be... In his ear, and I'm sure even India would have would have understood, you know. So there's there's a whole heap of pressure. Um, what would you do? I mean, it's an impossible position. The only thing that solves it is runs and 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 runs at a, at a good click. That's the only thing that silences the noise, and he knows that better than anyone. And that's what he'll be desperate to do in this third one before he gets to the World Cup, because the question will keep on being asked. Are you the right man to be leading this team? Are you the right man to even be playing in this team? Do you think it should be given a chance to others? Are you comfortable taking the place of someone in form? I mean, those are hard questions to be faced with, but you know they're coming because it's brutal. You know, we've said the auction was brutal, but the performance of T20 at a World Cup is even more brutal. Yeah, and the pace of T20 in, is, um, in, in every sense, has, has now become completely unforgiving. Um, you know, uh, in in the normal course of events, and the, the, the last thirty five years I've been covering the game, you know, I, I would always say routinely, don't judge a batter after two innings. Um, but unfortunately, T um, twenty cricket is, uh, you know, you you get judged after one innings, don't you? Really, and as as uh, we said, Breezer Hendricks has uh, been benched after making. 270s, 250s and a 42 in his last uh, five T20 internationals. Anyway, we'll take a short break there and uh, we haven't got much time left for the for the third part, but um, I'm going to have a change of subject for you. If you love the language of cricket and want more, then head over to the 99.94 app and you can hear all of our podcasts and cricket commentary. We're adding new shows all the time and covering cricket series from all over the world. Be the first to hear all of our announcements by following us on social media at 9994DM. Welcome to Cricket's Conversation. Okay, Zams, we'll talk a lot about, um, uh, I I suspect, uh, about Temba Bavuma over the next uh, couple of weeks and months, perhaps. Um, But just for the last five minutes... um, I wanted to talk to you about um, the production line that we spoke about in an episode um, a couple of weeks ago of South African cricketers. Um, 
And uh, I know that uh, there was a lot of feedback uh, when I said that South Africa produces more first-class cricketers per head of capita than any other country, including India. And I'm talking about really, really quality cricketers. And it just seems to me that the same... Because the last weekend, apart from South Africa losing in Guwahati, uh, the senior team, uh, the South Africa under-19s, who were introduced to the CSA domestic T20 knockout competition last year, and they looked like boys against men. Uh, they were out of their depth and they got belted. And exactly the same happened this year. Um, on the first weekend, it again looked like men against boys, but the under-19s were the men. Um, they they won all three games comprehensively, two with a bonus point, and some of the young cricketers um, just uh, um, blew my mind. I mean, uh, you know, there's there's four in particular that, that I've got in – in mind that really stuck out here. Um, Mikhail Prince um, was the top run scorer with over 140 runs at a strike rate of 140. Um, Kanena Mapaka, the left arm seamer, left arm fast bowler, I beg your pardon, is 16 years old. He took four for 18, the best spell of uh, the, of the weekend's matches. He's 16 years old. Um yeah, you know, slower ball bouncer out the back of the hand. No problem. He's 16 years old. Um, and, and and Matthew Boast, opening bowler, good enough to bat at three or four and strike at over 200. Um, so as much as I felt a little bit of um, familiar, you know, groaning, not despair, but you know, we spend so much time, don't we, looking at the very top of the pyramid and not enough time looking at, at – the teams and, and the performances below the the peak of the pyramid. And and the the as I have said many times, whatever the problems are in South African cricket, as long as they keep producing cricketers of that quality, um Liam Older was another one, the left arm spinner, um, 18 years old, um, leading wicket taker in the first weekend, seven wickets, economy rate of 5.25. And those are just four. Um it's bloody exciting, you know, for all the angst about whether Wayne Parnell's good enough to be bowling with a new ball. You just have this production line of brilliant cricketers. It's no wonder that New Zealand and England and Ireland and Scotland and the Netherlands keep keep taking them all. It's an endless production line. It is. I've I've just spent the, the past week watching the Michaelmas Cricket Week where a lot of the names that you've mentioned made a name for themselves. Um, in fact... You say boast. I stood at the Hart Davis Oval in Hilton on, on on Saturday, watching Boast's brother play for Hilton against St. Stithians. Um and the production line is relentless. Um, and I think the fact that they've now seen people that they played with last year, you're playing against first class cricketers, and more than that, you know, in this um, Africa Cup, you're playing almost for places in the next SA Twenty. And you now, as much as it's tempting to to go overseas um, and try your luck, like we've lost a couple of really, really good talents. I mean, Slade von Staden, young Luke Bekenstein, who's going to try his luck in, in, in county cricket, um, exceptional talents who've slipped through the cracks, but there are others who are knocking. You know, there's a lot of noise that's been made about Devil Brevis, but there's a lot more talented cricketers. You speak about Prince, you know, he's one of the most stylish young players in South Africa. Um, so they're there and they keep coming and they keep on churning out. And, and I suppose it's important to 
take it with a pinch of salt because they're starting out and they're playing in the shortest format. But if you're producing cricketers purely for T20 purposes and you want a, a constant conveyor belt of batters who can strike it at 150 or bowlers with five different variations, fantastic. That's that's what's coming. And it's more and more is going to come because they now have something that's attainable at the end of each year. There's a There's an auction to look to which says, we saw what you did just now and we're going to give you 5 million rand for it. Forget whether or not you signed by a, a, a franchise or by South Africa. We'll give you 5 million rand for a month's work based on what you've done in the last little while. And they've seen their mates get those. So I'm sure the motivation is higher than it's ever been in the junior ranks of South African cricket because suddenly there's this beacon that's locally based. You know, you're not chasing pounds and hoping to get four years down the line and someone says, oh, we like what you've done for our seconds or in club cricket. You can do it right here. And that's a complete game changer. And the, the you know, the, the motivation around this current uh, Africa Cup, you can see it's different because there's this renewed energy. You're playing against people who've come into an auction and turned into millionaires and you're going, well, next year is my turn. So I'm going to dominate you and show that your franchise got it wrong by picking you it's it's a it's a full on you know slugfest and that's that's great in one sense for the for 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 the tournament and where it's going to grow and for South African cricket to have options, uh, but then you've got to blood those options and give them opportunities and we're seeing that in the Africa Cup and you hope franchises in the new season take that and say these SA under nineteen players and others who were not picked in that squad because there's good players who are not there yet and you'll see them at SA schools at the end of the year in Coldside, they're there, I promise you they're there. You've got to give them opportunities. And keep them hungry and keep them motivated because that SA20 could in a few years be eight or ten teams with the amount of talent that's coming. I wonder whether I was, final point, I wonder whether I was imagining it. But, you know, when I was looking at the, the live streaming of, uh, of the first round of, of these games, um, and I, I promise you, the, it can't be a coincidence, I thought, anyway, um, that the standard was so much across the board, and this is Division 2, um, better than it was last year and in previous years. And I just couldn't help reaching the conclusion that that the SA20 player auction has, has changed everything. Because uh, whereas players in South Africa's Division 2, you know, you could tell them, well, you know what, a couple of good performances, eye-catching performances, and you could end up with an IPL contract. That's ridiculous. It's like you and I are talking about Jack and the Beanstalk, and, uh, you know, it's you couldn't imagine. This auction has just taken place right here. They've seen Tristan Stubbs go for 9.2 million, um, and, and a bunch of guys go, you know, go, go for millions. And um, Donovan Ferreira, uh, who, who, who's a largely unproven youngster go for over 5 million. Suddenly it's become a reality, suddenly. And as I said, with the live streaming, there's a there's a window now. People are watching and important people, much more important than me and you, um, scouts, people with access or influence over Indian franchise checkbooks. Um, and it, it has been a massive game changer on the – on the, on the downside is that all the players that I've just mentioned haven't played a first-class game. And <laughs> you can't help wondering whether they ever will. Well, the, the, their teammate is a multimillionaire already, man. It's Dior Brevis. He's barely played red ball cricket in South Africa. 
he's made millions in India. He's going to make millions more for Mumbai India's Cape Town. Like, you know, there's a new path. There's a fresh injection of optimism to be a South African cricketer that stays in South Africa. And I promise you the weather is better and you're going to be playing in January, February in South Africa. You can still go and play county or whatever other league that you can around the world. You know, that it's there. And they, and, and, and they see it and they, they, they know that it's attainable. And it's it's fantastic. It's fantastic for the game. It's fantastic for a young kid coming in to realize that you can do it right here. And the the concern is that you don't even need to go all the way to the top and play for South Africa in order to change your life. That's something that needs to be monitored. Otherwise, we do slip the way of the West Indies where then you're producing T20 assassins who only deal in T20. And that's what Brevis already looks like he's carving out. No interest in a test cap. Just I will play T20s around the world and I'll make millions and I'll be comfortable. And there's some players who've done that. Cameron Delport did it. I saw him at a golf day the other day. He's done that for years. He told the Dolphins, I'll not sign another contract as a permanent player. Just give me tournament by tournament and I'm going to do the same around the world and I'm going to make enough money. He probably makes two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars $300,000 a year comfortably. And every now and then he gets 200000 in one tournament. That's the blueprint. You know, these short-term, short gigs for players who can strike at a remarkable rate, that's what they're doing. And, you know, that's, that's the new game. Um, so good luck to them. Good luck to you too, mate. Um, we'll chat again very, very soon. Much, much to discuss uh, over the next few weeks and months. But uh, for now, thanks for your time. Cheers, manners. Thanks for listening to South Africa on 99.94, Cricket Every Day. Please rate, review and subscribe. Download the 99.94 app and follow us personally on uh, at Neil Manthorpe or at Whamzam17. We'll put links up uh, to everything we do um, on the show, on the podcast and beyond. Also, follow our network at 9994DM on social media. Follow the podcasts and commentary from... Um, from all the matches that we cover all over the world. Thanks for joining Cricket's Conversation here on 99.9. We speak cricket. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix, dissecting the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato and I'll catch you after the chequered flag.